0: I'm going to preach out of Joshua today, and I want to read you the verse that has been my life first and has never ceased to really lead me and anchor me in all these things. So it's Joshua 1, verse 9. Have I not commanded you, be strong and of good courage, do not be afraid, nor be dismayed, For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. I'm going to say that last part again. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. God, I just pray. You have a word for us today. um, And it might be a simple word, but God, it is so powerful. Mm. Because you are bringing us into awareness of your presence in our lives, God. Mm. That you don't leave us to hang dry alone. But you call us into your presence. You call us into your arms, God. And I thank you, Lord, that this is going to speak to every single person, no matter what season they're in. No matter what battle they're fighting, God. That the Bible is for us. Your word is for us, God. It's not more for someone else or someone holier or someone who reads the Bible more, but it is for every single person in here, God. So I pray for open hearts and open minds, God, that we will receive you in fullness god we thank you we love you and we praise you Pray this in your name Amen. Amen. amen so i want to share with you a little bit about my journey a little bit about what i've kind of gone through and how this sermon has really spoken to me so back in 2016 um, I went to Indonesia with Patsy. Who remembers? That's when she dislocated her uh, her tailbone. Yeah. yeah, yeah. She talks about that a lot, right? Yeah. Like it's ingrained yeah. in your brain. Like you always remember that, <laughs> right? That was a year that she really hurt herself, and then. We ended up going anyway. She ended up going anyway because she felt God leading her. And so we went to this island called Talo. It's an island that we always go to. It's the island that I've gone to since 2013 where we go and have revival services to do ministry with the people and to really bring God's light into the darkness, right? Mm -hmm. And every morning, the pastor there would ask Pastor Sonny, Pastor. You have, to, you have to lead our devotion this morning. You have to preach. You have to preach. Mm. And every morning, Pastor Sonia preached like a 10-minute sermon. And every morning, even though it was 10 minutes, even though she had a new word or a new scripture, it was so powerful. And she always, like, used it. Like, I've heard these stories like 10 times each. Yeah. But for some reason, while we were there, it, like, captivated my heart. Mm. It spoke to me. And then after that, every morning at 6 a.m. after she preached, I would pray to God. God, I want to have testimonies like Pastor Sunny. Wow. I want to be able to preach like 10 minute sermons and literally just like everyone gets slain in the spirit because it's just so powerful. Because God, you used her life in such a powerful way. Yeah. I want to say this be careful what you pray for, yeah. <laughs> especially if it's a godly prayer. Yeah. Because what do, what do testimonies have in common? Again. Trials and tribulations, right? <laughs> It's, you know, it's through those trials and tribulations, through the sufferings that God shows up, right, and brings us forward through it, right? But yeah, like... (laughs) I experienced (laughs) (laughs) testimonies. And one of them is really going, talking about this last season where we found out that my mom had breast cancer. And we found out the week of my wedding. Mm -hmm. I remember I cried every day. I remember I told her, like, Mom, I don't even want to have this ceremony. Like, I can't celebrate knowing you're going through this. Knowing that it's going to be hard, (sighs) road. And I told her, like, it's hard for me to celebrate something. And, you know, I really believe that God allowed us to find out on that day because he was going to show us, that no matter what, like, oh, yeah. we know how to celebrate the Lord. That no matter what, our God is our God. No matter what, like, he is faithful, right? But I'm, I'm going to be honest, guys, like, after that, it was hard. Mm-hmm. You know, like, you really don't know uh, what it feels like to, to experience someone have cancer and to go through the treatment until you, you're in it, right? Mm-hmm. So none of us have any experience. Mm-hmm. None of us know what's gonna come. We just know it's gonna be hard. Yeah. I remember that was a season where I had panic attacks. I was anxious. I was constantly afraid. Um, I literally couldn't breathe because mm-hmm. I felt like if I if I breathe like like I'm gonna something bad's gonna happen. Mm-hmm. You know? And so I was constantly plagued with this fear that something bad was gonna happen. I'll spare you the details because I'm already, like, tearing up, but it was hard, you guys. It was really devastating to see, like, your parent um, suffer, you know? It was really difficult for our family to surround her and be her support system, like, when we didn't know how, Mm -hmm. right? So I remember I felt both helpless Mm -hmm. but anxious to help. Like, Mm -hmm. if I don't help, like, then something's going to happen, right? So I was like, I felt this, I felt trapped. Like, if I help, I'll I'll see that I'm helpless. But if I don't help, I'm going to be, like, I'm just going to be anxious even more. And so I remember that was a season that God brought me to my knees Mm -hmm. to pray day in and day out. Like, I could not do a single thing if I was not praying. I could not look at my mom in the face and encourage her and smile if I was not, like, Literally on my knees, asking God to strengthen me, asking God, God, give me, like, wisdom, Lord God. And, you know, every time I go over to God in prayer, like, in front of me, I would see just badness. Like, it was just not good, right? But every time I pray, I hear God saying with, like, a delightful voice, all is well. All is well. What troubles you when all is well? And I remember I struggled with that because it's like, all is not well, God. It is not well, you know? Mm-hmm. But I remember that's the season that God gave me. Psalm 4610. Mm-hmm. Be still mm-hmm. and know that I am God. Mm-hmm. I think that's the most important thing that he taught my family. I'm God. Mm-hmm. Literally him saying, I am God. Mm-hmm. What can I not do? What What can stand against me? What is greater than me? And it was in that place of prayer and meditation. that God really showed up, that God showed I am God. And I wanted to share that testimony with you guys, not to tug at your heartstrings, not to make you cry with me, but I want to share that because this is how I fought my battle. It wasn't by me going about doing what I can with my body, with my mind. It wasn't me trying to make my mom feel better. My I fought my battle on my knees knelt before God. That is how I've had my victory. Hearing the voice of God day in and day out because I couldn't do it without it. I couldn't go another moment if I wasn't hearing from God telling me all is well. Telling me I'm with you. Telling me be still. I am God. Right? And I believe that that's what God wants to share with you today. That wherever you go, Whatever you experience, whoever you're with, the Lord your God is with you. And it's so simple, but it's so powerful. Because when we come into awareness that God, our Father, God, our Lord is with us, you can begin to understand and accept, yeah, all is well. In front of me, it it looks like a mess, but my God, my Father, who's for me, not against me, tells me all is well. I'm say that again. The Lord your God is with you wherever you go. I'm going to make sure you guys say that on your way out. I'm going to repeat it over and over and over again. The Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Okay? Now, I know that it's easy to say, right? It's easy to say, oh, yeah, the Lord your God's with you wherever you go. But sometimes we don't feel that way. We really don't. Sometimes we feel extraordinarily alone. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we feel so isolated, like literally no one knows what this feels like. No one understands what this is like. And I will tell you this: if the enemy can't get you to quit, he'll make sure that you are tired. Yeah. He'll make sure that you're exhausted. He'll make sure that you're disillusioned, disconnected, mm-hmm. and disappointed. Yeah. So even though you're in the, you're there, you're standing there, you're not leaving. He'll make sure that. You're just broken inside, right? And that's that's the place, that's the most vulnerable place we can be. That's when the enemy plants lies in your mind, in your heart. Because your guards are down now, right? So even though you're there, even though I'm with, like I was with my mom, like that's where a lot of the heartache came, trying to remain, right? But I want you to know. The Lord our God is with us wherever we go. Now, I want to talk to you about how Joshua, how this, why this was spoken to him and how this plays out and how this relates to us. Now, the book of Joshua is a continuation of the work of God that he did through Moses. And Joshua, it continues to talk about the fulfillment of the promise that God gave to the Israelites, right? So the book picks up. At the death of Moses, and now the torch gets passed on to Joshua. Now the leadership gets passed on to Joshua from Moses, right? And now it's his job to lead the Israelites. Now God does something for Joshua in the very beginning that's so important. And I think I've missed it. Every single time I've gone through the book, I've missed it until now. He did. God did this. He spoke to Joshua. It's so simple, but we miss it. It's as simple as that, God spoke to Joshua. God never forgets to speak truth and promises over us because he knows what he has set before us and he knows we need his voice to strengthen us, to anchor us and to lead us, right? It says in Joshua chapter one, verses five through six, no man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and of good courage. For to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give to them. As you read this, God doesn't tell Joshua exactly how things are going to pan out. He doesn't give him details step by step of how he's going to lead the Israelites and divide the land and and give them the promised land, right? But he promises and he declares over Joshua who he is. Mm, Yes. He says, be strong. Be of good courage, right? And he says specifically in verses five to six, as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you it was really important that God told Joshua that he would be with him. Because God being with him was a key. It was a key to Joshua leading the Israelites through battles. It was a key to Joshua leading them through fights and and, and going through this new land where it was filled with Canaanites, right? It was key for Joshua to know that God was going to be with them, right? What God did was he anchored Joshua in his word. Yes. Okay? He made sure that Joshua was not anchored by a situation or by what the people said, because we all know what happened, right? What happened in like Exodus and all the other book of laws, right? Like, people were complaining to Aaron, saying, like, we need a God to serve, and then he made them take off all their gold stuff, and then they they created this calf, and they started, what? They started worshiping another God, right? So God made sure that Joshua was anchored in his word, his still but undoubtable voice. The truth is, he's not going to send us out into a battlefield without anchoring you in his word. No. Amen. He's not going to send you into a new season yeah. without giving you a promise that will help navigate you through it. The question is, the very important question is, are you attentive? Mm. Are you seeking his voice through this, through your battles? Joshua understood he needed to be attentive and attuned to God's voice in the journey that he had ahead in order to really, with, in a godly way, really lead the Israelites without straying from his, their father, right? Yeah. Now I want to turn to Joshua chapter 6, where God promises he has given Jericho into the hands and the commands of uh, Joshua, right? So he commands Joshua and the Israelites to march around the city, It says in Joshua chapter six, verse two. And the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have given Jericho into your hands, its kings and the mighty men of valor. You shall march around the city, all you men of war. You shall go all around the city once. This you shall do for six days. And seven priests shall bear seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark. But the seventh day you shall march around the city seven times. And the priests shall blow the trumpets. It shall come to pass when they make a long blast with the ram's horn. And when you hear the sound of the trumpet, that all the people shall shout with a great shout, then the wall of the city will fall down flat, and the people shall go up every man straight before him. What does God do? He gives him exact instructions. He gives Joshua instructions of exactly how to go into this battle and to have victory. Right? Yeah. Basically, God is saying, Joshua, I've told you exactly what to do. i told you exactly what each person is supposed to do. i told you exactly how to do it and when. Don't stray from it. Don't try to add your own little, oh, but God, let me help you over here. And let me add some of this over there because I'm so wise. I'm a leader. People look up to me. You know? But God said, as long as you follow my instructions, everything's going to be all right. Right? Then what happens? Have, uh, in verses 20 to 21, exactly what God said was going to happen, happened. Mm, yes. That's kind of like mind-blowing. Like when I read what God instructed them to do, I was kind of like, that's so weird. Like you want to just walk around like the walls and, and just like, yes. you know, and then blow horns. Like, can you imagine that picture? Just like how odd would that be? <laughs> like, what do you imagine when you go into battle? Swords, shields, like bow and arrow, like ready, like ready to go, right? I'm ready to like take my enemy on, right? No, but God says, march around the city every day for six days, and on the seventh day, walk around the seventh times and blow your horn, and then shout! And then the walls are all going to fall down flat. What I want you guys to know that God really shared with me was the key to the victory of our battles is to follow his instructions to the team. To the team. Don't try to help God. He doesn't need our help, right? And to remember, this is the most important, it is not our battle. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Amen. I'm going to say that again. It is not our battle. Amen. The reason why God gave such interesting instructions that actually didn't even require them to do very much but to walk and to shout was because it was not the Israelites' battle. It was God's. And what the Israelites ended up doing through this was to spectate. Mm-hmm. They get to spectate how swiftly the work of God, his hands would come down, and the victory at the end of it is God's. Mm-hmm. And if we're if we belong to God, then the victory is ours. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. When we acknowledge that the battle is his, if you really believe that the battle is God's, you're gonna find yourself less in anxiety, mm-hmm. less fearful. Because at the end of the day, you know it's not on you to have that victory. You know it's on God. Mm -hmm. Then there's no reason to worry. Then there's no reason to feel insecure that you didn't do something about it, that you didn't use your words or anything that you could offer to win the battle, but that it was God and he did it, right? There are a lot of moments when we were going through this process with my mom where I felt really responsible, felt like, if I'm not there for her, something bad's gonna happen. If I don't help clean the house, she might get sick again, because her immune system was so weak. Like, if I don't do something, something bad is gonna happen. Like, we're gonna lose this battle, right? The truth is, I just wanna share. Like, I just wanna give, like, praise to God. Like, my mom went through six months of intense chemotherapy, then she got two surgeries, then she did, like, a month and a half of radiation, and now she's gonna do a little more chemo until the end of this year, right? Have you seen her lately? <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen? Like, she looks better than ever. Yeah. <laughs> no. God reversed her in aging. looks like like younger now, <laughs> you know. And it, and it sounds weird, cause it's like, doesn't chemo kind of kill your body? Yeah, it kills all the bad stuff, you know. Yeah. And and I realized, like, God, look what you've done in her life. Wow. Mm-hmm. If I made this battle mine, or if we made this battle ours, we'd drive ourselves to the ground. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'd be, I'd still be so anxious, having panic attacks, literally too afraid to breathe and trust in God. That battle is God's. And all we're doing is we get to spectate his faithfulness. We get to watch him do what he does. We get to watch his mighty hand come down and do the healing that only he can do, right? When we live under the truth that the promises that God gives and the battles are his, we all have confidence that we'll have victory, no matter what it looks like in our reality, no matter what we see with our eyes, Right? I want to go to Joshua chapter 21, verses 43 to 45. And that section is titled, The Promise Fulfilled. So the Lord gave to Israel all the land of which he had sworn to give to their fathers, and they took possession of it and dwelled in it. The Lord gave them rest all around, according to all that he had sworn to their fathers. And not a man of all their enemies stood against them. And the Lord delivered all their enemies into their hand. Not a word failed of any good thing, which the Lord had spoken to the house of Israel. All came to pass, all came to pass. Every good promise God gave, all came to pass. Every enemy that God said that they would defeat, not one stood before them. Every good promise he gave, all came to pass. Do you guys hear that? This isn't just like if it's in the Bible, it wasn't just because it was for Joshua, for the Israelites. It's in there because it's for us. Yeah. It's for the generations to take on, to read, to know, to hold and to live out It's for us. Yes. So if you're thinking now, nah, like that was for Joshua, that was for other people. Like, no, if you're reading this and you're hearing this, it's for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All, right, right. All came to pass. So how do we fight our battles then? What does that really look like? What I learned is that we need to seek out the voice of God in prayer, okay? God has taught me two ways of doing this, two ways of praying, two ways, and that doesn't mean that they're the only ways, but there are two ways of how God has taught me to fight these battles. The first is to be still. When you go to God to only hear from him, This is not you going and, like, worrying and then, like, presenting to him all these things. This is you going before God, and you're there just to hear his voice. You're there just to hear his instructions. You're there just to fellowship with him, right? This past week, I was praying in the morning. I was just kind of still. Actually, I was a little anxious, so I was telling God, here's what's on my list of things that I want to pray for, and here are the things that, like, that's on my agenda, God, and then I just felt this fear of, like, oh, shoot, but I should probably surrender to God because, like, then I'm not being still, right? Then I'm just giving him tasks that he needs to listen to. And so out of fear, I said, okay, God, so what's your agenda? What is it, God? Because I'm so, like, humble and submitted to you, God. What, what's your agenda? And he rocked me. He said, my agenda is to love you not to drill you into submission, but to share my wisdom with you. My desire is to love you beyond all things. His desire for us, his agenda, is to love us. His agenda is to be with us. His agenda is to make sure that we know and we acknowledge that he is with us, right? If we take a look at how Joshua did it, Honestly, I could preach like weeks and weeks and weeks on Joshua, because it's just so good, right? But I've kind of shortened it down, giving you kind of snapshots. In chapter 7, this, I wrote my notes, this idiot, this idiot named Achan, he sinned against God, his commandments, and when the Israelites went to war with Ai, right, the nation of Ai, they were defeated. And Joshua was like, rocked. He was like, Basically, he said, what happened, God? You said, any enemy that we come against that will have victory. That any enemy that we come against, like, we're going to win. So it says in verse 6 of chapter 7, Joshua tore his clothes and fell to the earth on his face before the ark of the Lord until evening. He and the elders of Israel, and they put dust on their heads. What I imagine is that literally just their head was on the ground, and dust just collected over their heads as they were praying, right? All night. Joshua cries out to God many things, but his desire was to hear from God. Mm. He was there to hear what God had to say. God, please tell me. Like, you speak. You tell me what's happening because I have no clue. And then God immediately exposes the sin of the people and gives instruction of how to deal with it. When we go to God in stillness, God will expose places in our hearts that he wants to address. Yeah. He's going to show us he is with us even in the most intimate places of your heart. Sometimes being still is incredibly hard. Like I don't know if you guys have tried it, like literally sitting down, closing your eyes, trying to rid your mind of any thoughts, any agenda, like any of your agenda. I don't know if you tried it. But the first few times, like, it's incredibly hard. I can't not be still for more than, like, one second sometimes. Literally have a passing thought, and then have to start over again, right? Then another thought, and then I have to start over again. And sometimes that becomes very discouraging. And then you start filling, filling the, the silence with your prayers and your thoughts, right? But I want you to know that it's only hard to hear from God because we haven't been trained and attuned to hear the spiritual voice of our Father. Right, And the more you do it, the more you're going to adjust. The more you're going to learn how to quiet yourself. And the more you're going to hear his still voice that will give you detailed Mm instruction. That will give you encouraging and strengthening words like when God said, I just want to love you. Right? So the first way was God showed me how to pray, which was to be still before him so that I may hear from him. Right? The second way is to pray with your spiritual hands and feet and what I mean by that is when we go to God to speak loudly to speak out our prayers to him it looks like basically when you proactively pray right there will be moments when God calls on you to water prayer, to break off lies or to shift the atmosphere or more importantly for covering if you guys remember um, when Moses, any time, you remember that story, like any time he lifted up his hands to pray, the Israelites were winning, right? Mm-hmm. Any time he grew tired and his, his arms fell, then the Israelites would lose, right? Mm-hmm. And so they propped up his arms so that it could be lifted up so that, that the Israelites would have victory, right? In that way, our prayers are that powerful. It's that impactful.
1: And it requires
0: an active style of praying. So it's important to be still, but we don't want to, like, 24 7 only be still, right? We want to know how to be still, but also how to pray with our spiritual hands and feet, right? God recently gave me this revelation. I'm going to get really, I'm going to give you, like, details of this big fight I had with my husband this past Monday. (laughs) <laughs> We've gotten better. We've learned how to fight really well. Like, we're good at it. You know, they don't last very long anymore. But I'll admit they're still pretty bad when it does happen. You know? I remember I came home from my from work just feeling despondent, hopeless, like destructive. Like it felt destructive. Mm. And even me like having an outer like third eye on myself, I was kind of like recognizing this is weird. This is not me. But because I'm such a strong feeler, I like feel my feelings all the way through and through, even though I know it's not good. Like, I'm just so familiar with feeling my feelings, right? So after fighting for about like 20 minutes, and like, my husband is such a gracious and patient guy, like, he has such a good attitude. He was like, I don't think this is you right now. Like, I don't think this is you. And I was like, even more mad. Like, you don't know, you know? You don't know what I'm feeling on the inside. But like he, he was speaking to my spirit. Mm. He was saying, "This is not you." Yeah, you know. And then finally, I just I heard God saying, "Go take a shower. <laughs> <laughs> just, just separate yourself from this. Go take a shower." And I literally felt like as I was showering, like <laughs> Holy Spirit was washing me clean <laughs> of like all these yeah. nasty, like nasty spiritual things that somehow like I was holding on to. <laughs> He gave me revelation, so I'll give you a little bit background information about where I work. Um, I work at a teen treatment center, and a lot of the clients there come in for really like deep depression, anxiety, PTSD, like self-harming, substance abuse, right? So that's the climate of the workplace that I, I, I go and work at, right? So the revelation God gave me was, the enemy comes to deceive, Mm-hmm. But there are two ways the enemy has been deceiving you. Mm-hmm. And these are the two ways that the enemy deceives all of us. Mm-hmm. The first is that he deceives us into believing there is something wrong. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And some impending doom. But the truth is, all is well. Yes. And our job is to rest in the Lord in those moments. Yeah, okay. But the second lie, the second deception is the opposite. Yeah. you'll be deceived to believe that everything's okay, nothing's wrong. Yeah. When in fact something is not right in the atmosphere, something is not right in the spiritual realm, right? God revealed to me that I was deceived of a second one. I walked into my workplace with no covering, mm-hmm. with no like asking God no. to cover me. <laughs> like I walked into that place thinking, well, it looks good. Like the house is fine. The kids look good, like they look like good work has been done, yeah. you know? I walked in they're so vulnerable and unarmed. Wow. And that is when we are required, God's gonna call on us mm-hmm. to pray with our spiritual hands and feet, mm-hmm. right? And another thing I should have done was probably ask someone else to cover me too. Ask like my husband or my close friends or people nearby, like, can you cover me? I'm going to a place where there's just a lot of spiritual darkness, yeah. right? We need to become more aware of the climate of our battlefield. That's good. Okay? By seeking God's voice. But how are we going to seek God's voice if we do not know and acknowledge that our Lord is with us wherever we go? This is how we fight our battles. knelt before God. Knowing and trusting he is with us wherever Mm -hmm. we go. Even when we step our feet into the darkest places. And for some of us, that's our homes. For some of us, that's our workplaces. Mm. For some of us, it's that internal world Mm. that we go into. God wants us to know, even in the darkest places, even in the most loneliest and isolated places, you are never really alone. You are never really isolated. That he is with you. Wherever you go, and that is why you can seek his counsel. That is why you can seek his voice. That is why you can ask of him. Because he is with us. But you know, I realize so many of us go into our battles alone. So many of us complain about how alone and isolated we feel. But I think one of the reasons why we struggle is because we're not aware of that truth. That God's actually right there with you right now. He's with you right now. God made sure that before Joshua could do anything else as a leader, before he went out into the battles, that he would know, I'm with you, Joshua. I will never leave you nor forsake you. And God's saying the same thing to us today. I will never leave you Mm -hmm. nor forsake you. In the past seasons where you felt my presence, I'm I'm in that same way I'm with you. Mm -hmm. In previous seasons where you felt alone, I was still with you. Mm -hmm. And God really wants us to get into awareness. If he's with us, who can be against us? If God is for us, there's no forces, no situation that he cannot guide you through. Can I have... that we would know all that we have in Christ Jesus. That all that we have as the inheritance of your saints, God. And I thank you, Father, that you are calling each and every single one of us, Father, to live a life that is surrendered to you. To live a life that is fully devoted and given over to you, God. To take what we have received and cause it to increase until your glory fills the earth, God. And so we thank you. We thank you, God, for every life that you have called for your glory. And we thank you, God, for the words that you have spoken, the words that we have received. We thank you, God, in Jesus' name.